You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Breaking news, what it means, why it matters. Stay with us. Uh, Kevin McCullough, and here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Obliterating confusion. Amplifying truth. And pursuing clarity. Kevin McCullough, now. Coming up, we've got a big hour and lots of people that know the uh, what's what uh, on on most things. We're going to have a former FBI specialist joining us, Tom Baker, with what's happened in that agency over the last couple of years. We are also going to talk with Sean Spicer, one of the press secretaries for Donald Trump. And we start with Mark Lauder from America First. Stay with us. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog has come out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. He is playing the role as as well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, welcome to Tuesday. It's a big day. We've got a lot to get to. Uh, And of course, the uh, headline that all of the press wants you to focus on and know about and hear about is that the January 6th uh, committee, the DOJ has taken their referral. They're going to they're going to slap handcuffs on 45 and make him do yet one more perp walk uh, before the uh, first debate of the uh, campaign cycle, which is coming up next month. Here to discuss is the chief communications officer for America First. This is a brilliant think tank that formed following the Trump administration. And a lot of the people that are in this uh, operation are just dedicated to putting America first in public policy and the like. But he also served as a press secretary for then VP Pence, and he was uh, a very key member to the president's team and uh, kind of floated around doing lots of jobs in the administration. Mark, you joked before we went on air that you couldn't keep a job. I think it's the opposite. I think they wanted you to do too many jobs. Uh, And nonetheless, you were willing to do it because none of them came with pay raises. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know they always let give you better titles but no more money that's it so. <laughs> that's it exactly very familiar with that uh that type of logic hey let's talk about this uh everybody n- by the way none of these indictments have been a surprise to the former president or his team and i'm 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 thinking that most of america is not surprised by them anymore but yet the uh the left seems really committed to try to prevent this president from being able to run for election. And I'm curious, um, from the America First perspective and, and what you're doing in your day-to-day, how do you think this impacts the overall scoreboard of what the where the election stands right now? Well, if the, the last two indictments are any indication, it'll make him even stronger. And uh, he's already got like a 35-point lead in the Republican primary, and according to the RCP average, is actually leading in a head-to-head with, uh, with President Biden. So, it doesn't come as a shock to me. They just keep trying to go to the same well, and, and it just keeps backfiring on them. But, you know, once again, here we go, you know, in indicting him, uh, Donald Trump in Washington, D.C., I mean, that's a no-brainer for them. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't indict him for jaywalking, for walking down Pennsylvania Avenue on January 20th, 2017. <laughs> uh, and and it won't be too hard for them to convict him either, because obviously, you know, it's like 95, 98 percent Democrat in the city. But, you know, this just shows you the weaponization of government at its finest, and and they've done this over and over again. So obviously, if we're going off of what we anticipate, we don't know what they're actually going to charge him with. But basically, they're going to charge him with inciting uh, the the actions and uh, that happened on January sixth. But but then they turn a blind eye to their own hypocrisy on this because I remember when then Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was basically telling Brett Kavanaugh and Justice Gorsuch, you're not going to know what hit you. You're going to pay the price for ruling in Roe v. Wade. Or when Nancy Pelosi was saying that there's outright there's righteous anger in their in their rhetoric post Roe v. Wade or go back to the summer of 2020, you know, when Kamala Harris then as a senator uh, was talking about how the riots weren't going to stop, they shouldn't stop, and you know, then was actually helping to bail out the rioters. Yeah. I mean, so you're going to indict the former president for what you say his words led up to these actions, yet it's only on Donald Trump. Nobody's investigating, you know, Maxine Waters 
for telling crowds of protesters, you know, to to confront then Trump administration officials or or any of the other dangerous, violent rhetoric that they have employed, because there's just two standards of justice in our country. Well, it seems to me also that while I find distasteful all the examples you just gave me at the end of the day, the the videotape, the audio tape, the actions of the man that they are charging speak loudly and clearly that he wanted the opposite of whatever that was that turned out to be the January 6th protest, which, by the way, this is not popular for me to say, but I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. January 6th was a cakewalk compared to the George Floyd aftermath. People died in the George Floyd riots. Uh, so far, the only person that we're aware of that died from the direct actions of January 6th were, was, in fact, someone uh, that was serving in the armed forces and got shot by a Capitol police officer who, for some reason, doesn't have to answer for his actions. Uh, all of the other reported deaths and the people that they said, uh, you know, were caused by the violence and so forth, those have all turned out to be uh, false. Not that people didn't die, but they didn't die from the causes that that people tried to link to them. And when you look at the George Floyd riots, you had dozens of people that died in those conflicts, and you saw billions upon billions of dollars worth of property damage uh, go up in smoke. Uh, Mark, the the two tier justice system is alive and well, and it's and it's rearing its head. No, you're absolutely right. In fact, I remember I think it was Real Clear Investigations did a phenomenal breakdown of the uh, the amount of damage, the number of injuries, the number of deaths, the number of arrests, uh, all that took place and the differences between the summer of 2020 and the and the activities on January 6th. And, and there's no comparison except for the punishment, uh, you know, where obviously what happened on January 6th, those folks are, you know, in many cases still sitting in prison while people while the vice president of the United States was bailing out the people uh, that were arrested in Minneapolis so they could go back and riot some more. Uh, you know, but th this is the thing that we just, you know, we don't have to spend a lot of time explaining this. The American people can see it. Yeah. They see that there's two systems of justice. They see Hunter Biden getting away with stuff and Donald Trump charged. They see Hillary Clinton having classified documents, Mike Pence, Joe Biden having classified documents and nothing happening to them and Mike or, and Donald Trump being charged. Uh, they see the DOJ being turned against parents who really just don't want their young children exposed to pornography in school and targeted as domestic terrorists. I mean, this is just a, example after example and why I think every time they, they use the power of government against their political opponent, that political opponent in Donald Trump gets stronger and stronger again because people do see that he's the, he is the one standing between them and the government. He said it all the time in the reelect uh, campaign. They are coming for me because I am fighting for you. And when they have uh, me to no longer deal with, they will come for you. And that is exactly what we have seen demonstrated in the last three years. They have uh, they've they've made the attack more hostile and more violent uh, than I think anybody thought uh, that they would. Mark, what's next for the president in terms of this actual court, uh, this indictment? I mean, they have to announce it and he has to be processed, but are we looking at a, at a trial likely in the calendar year of 23 or will this be pushed into the full, you know, primary season of early 24? Well, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me that if this falls itself, finds itself in the primary season in 24, uh, obviously, you know, you're, you're not likely to, uh, you know, get any kind of favorable rulings or, you know, or even fair rulings uh, out of coming out of anything out of Washington, D.C. And so they will they will seek to do maximum harm to his campaign uh, with this, just like they did in Manhattan. Uh, and so. You know, that wouldn't surprise me. But then again, you know, every time they do this, he gets stronger. Yeah. And so it'll be very interesting to see how this entire thing plays out, uh, because I don't think the American people, this is not what they're focused on. No. You know, when I no. see the list of things that are mo are motivating Americans right now, they want inflation dealt with, gas prices Absolutely. dealt with. They want Absolutely. our borders secured. And as you put out, point out, mama bears want to have their voices heard in their children's schools. Yeah. And none of those things are looking back in time to what happened on January 6th. Mark Lauder of America First, uh, appreciate all that you're doing. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Anytime, Kevin. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away.
Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. A very special guest is Congressman Peter King from New York's 2nd Congressional District. 237 represents the security in the Brentwood School District. Mm -hmm. We know about MS-13. We've been hearing about them for quite some time, and I want to commend you for bringing the attention to this gang violence and also doing something about it. MS-13 is particularly brutal. There's been a total of 17 murders on Long Island in 14, 15 months. This is just killing for the sake of killing. And the irony is, though, the most tragic part of it is they target other immigrants. I mean, I would say every Every person who has been killed by MS-13 is either an immigrant uh, young person themselves or a son or daughter of immigrants. So it's their own community that they're terrorizing. It's absolutely horrific. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday afternoons at 4.30 on AM 570 The Mission, WMCA. Salem Media Group remembers co-founder Stuart Epperson Sr. Hi everyone, Jerry Crowley here, general manager of Salem Media Group in New York. It's my sad duty to report that Stu Epperson, one of the co-founders of Salem Media, passed away yesterday. None of us would be here today, at least in the world of Christian broadcasting and maybe in conservative radio, without the guidance of Stu Epperson and his partner Ed Atzinger. Stu was truly a great man, a man of God. When I spoke with Stu about the success of the radio stations, I would often begin with our financial success. He would stop me and immediately say, hold on to that, Jerry. Tell me how many lives you've saved today and how many souls you've saved. You never hear that anywhere else, folks. God rest in peace, Stu. WMCA Program Director Kevin Cottrell. Coming from a secular radio background and becoming a Christian, I knew the power radio had on listening. I wanted to be a part of a company that had a vision to make an impact. In 1994, Salem bought 970 WWDJ, which I was working for, as production director and also on air. God had answered my prayer. I came to realize the dream Stu Epperson envisioned, and meeting him personally showed me his heart for bringing the gospel through radio to thousands of people. Thank you, Stu, and God bless you. Download the AM570 The Mission mobile app on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on WMCA.com, TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. The roof was completely gone. All of our memories being wiped away. The rain is what got 20 us. minutes of sheer terror. And you can feel it in your body. I watched the fire move down the canyon. The rumbling of the house. My son started screaming, we're going to die, we're going to die. In the name of Jesus, we are not going to die. At Samaritan's Purse, we bring spiritual and physical aid to hurting people around the world. We go into dangerous situations because in disaster, in disease, in war, Jesus calls us to love our neighbor to heal the sick, feed the hungry, restore the broken. All who work and volunteer with Samaritan's Purse follow the example of Jesus. We go to serve, not to be served. And we go in Jesus' name. Join us at SamaritansPurse.org. That's SamaritansPurse.org. A compelling look at current events and Bible prophecy. Understanding the Times with Jan Markell. More and more, the world sees Christianity as the problem. 
There are attacks now on churches, on pro-life centers, which are heavily Christian. Listen Saturday mornings at 9, Saturday nights at 10. As we have turned toward immorality, we become ungovernable. Click on the banner at WMCA.com to sign up for their e-newsletter, Understanding the Times, on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, very excited to have my next guest back with me. Uh, But he's someone who has a great appreciation for the difficulty of the rigors of the Beltway, given his long history with the Republican Party and the Trump administration. But he's also someone who's been a lot of uh, spent a lot of time in media, uh, television, even danced with some stars at one point in time. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and welcome Sean Spicer. Hello, Sean. I'm well. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you. Um, so I got I to gotta cut straight to the chase here, man. I wrote a piece in town hall last week, and I don't, I don't, I don't know Corinne Jean-Pierre at all. So I, I, I makes two of, of us. just knowing her as a person, I don't have any feel for who she is in person. I don't like her stances on things and some of the things she's spoken out about. Uh, John Kirby, to me, seems to be a guy that is just kind of, you know, I don't know. There's something about him that I just it just gives me the icks. These two and several other uh, spokespeople for the administration for the last two weeks, I have felt immense uh, sadness for because they continue to have to come out and not answer questions when their job is to actually answer questions uh, because they don't want to talk about the things that that the press is finally asking about. I mean, you had James Rosen actually read the entire WhatsApp text. Uh, into the record, into the White House briefing one day, and you could just tell Corinne Jean-Pierre. I mean, she she may she may be an ideologue, but I don't think that these people are sycophants. And I'm curious, as a former press secretary, how much do you think they're hurting right now? Well, there's there's two aspects to the question. How much is beyond their capability? Meaning, they're being told this is how you have to respond, and then how much are they creating it? Kirby, I don't think so much. He's very adept at saying, I'm not going to discuss this. I'm not right. going to. He just packs up and leaves. That's what right. he but, but But Jean-Pierre, so you take, for example, the cocaine at the White House. They misled the public on two separate times. One, they started off telling people it was in the West Wing lobby and there was a highly trafficked area. That's not true. It was in the West Executive Entrance, which is not a highly trafficked area. It's the entrance the vice president and others use. It's right outside the Situation Room. Then secondly, she said that the president and the first family weren't in the White House. And she chastised reporters by saying it was irresponsible journalism to say that the you know someone from the first family could be involved i have my own take on this but but the point is she created that situation she said they weren't there the pool report shows that they didn't leave till 624 on friday night now again i'm not making any into in in in, in, you, in you i'm not insinuations yes thank you sorry <laughs> okay. uh, about the first family's involvement but my point is is that she will say i'm not addressing it from this podium or this or that when she had previously done it so she digs herself into a hole and then so that part is painful to watch i think kirby is much more adept at just blanketly saying i'm not going to discuss that or that's been addressed before and move on well and they buy it more from him because he says it i think with a little bit more uh adeptness and authority well, I, I've noticed that um, and, and I've this has gone on in the back of my head. And I I've known quite a few of you guys that have held that position. I knew you. I knew Sarah Sanders. I knew Kaylee McEnany all on personal levels. I knew Tony Snow. I knew Ari Fleischer. I've known people that have been in this position for a long time. Uh, I know that there's a life beyond the White House. <laughs> and so you kind of have to wonder, do these people when when they are in this and again i agree with you jean-pierre comes out and says well the secret service is going to handle it but let me tell you something you didn't ask for the first family was gone all weekend like there is a style to how she isn't going to comment that she then comments greatly on and i'm wondering if you sense that there's a possibility that the that the biden 
the 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 bulwark around Biden is starting to weaken a bit because Sean, there are so many of these things now. You have the FBI documents, you've got the WhatsApp uh, screenshot, you've got the cocaine that nobody can explain, and somebody's going to have to at some point in time. And there just continues to be this this drip, and of course, oversight over at Congress, Comer and those guys, they're all they're all sitting there going, "Wait, what?" Uh, let's let's have a talk with some of those people. Come on over. I mean, what, where do you sense going into an election cycle? Imagine you, you're trying to manage a campaign for reelection. Are some of these people going to are the rats going to jump ship? Look, I, I think we've seen this in the last couple of cycles. Democrats will vote for whomever's on the ballot. You've got an 80 plus year old man that can. No, I'm talking about the staffers. Are you oh, yeah, look, they, to see exits is, by people? I, I mean, I, it's a good question. I think that, again, this is what I'm getting at, though is that they look at these people, John Fetterman, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, as vessels to achieve their goals, a a more progressive world. I mean, it's not like the thing that I find funny getting back, if I I mean this to fuse your question for a second to the last thing, the one question that I don't think anyone in the press briefing room ever asked Corinne Jean-Pierre that I think is crucial is when was the last time you spoke to the president? So what and what I mean by that is, I mean, that gets to your question. When I was press secretary, when Sarah was, I even know when Josh Ernest was when I did the turnover, I would you know, he had time with Obama and Ari. I know from talking to Ari and Dana and, and a bunch of the predecessors um, that I had that, that I spoke to. I don't ever get the sense that these guys talk to Biden. And that gets to the point of what you're getting at, which is they're not there. Um, they're there for the cause. Right. The, the cause of doing all of the checking all these boxes and so it's not about gosh do we want to stay to you know joe what are joe's chances or they don't really care to them this is a vessel and it's moving and uh and so i think that's the bigger issue on the left is that to them the people on the ballot don't matter the people in the office don't matter they're all vessels die and diane feinstein i mean you know, they all defended her when it was blatantly obvious that she's not there because they don't care about the person holding the office. They care about the vessel that gets them further down the road uh, to implement the agenda. We're speaking with Sean Spicer, who is a former press secretary for President Donald J. Trump, and uh, he's involved in a lot of entrepreneurial excitement right now. You need to visit it all at SeanSpicer.com, SeanSpicer.com. His uh, latest musings, his books, everything that you want to know about what he's doing, SeanSpicer.com, all one word. Sean, when we come back, we are already in the throes of the election cycle. Uh, it looks like um, some things have changed, and yet it looks like a lot hasn't. I'm just curious, uh, not as a former press secretary, but as a former uh, RNC staffer that you know had to get a presidential campaign uh, successfully across the plate. Uh, where do we stand uh, right now with a lot of this? And uh, l- let me uh, just give you something to think about while we go to the break. If the election were held today... Do we have strong enough voter integrity uh, changed since 2020 uh, to satisfy uh, an outcome? And uh, give me your thoughts on that. And how are the campaigns planning, strategizing around that uh, if they happen to be the one that uh, gets the uh, nod from the convention? I I don't think it's going to be close. I don't know uh, why it would be. But yet politics is weird. Something different could happen any day now. Kevin McCullough, come from New York. Stay here. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Does elder care or state law ever confuse you? Does me. That's why I'm glad Mike Connors is available to answer your question every Thursday on Kevin McCullough Radio. Just send him your question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call 718-238-6500. You can get your questions answered here on Kevin McCullough Radio. And he will also uh, answer them on his show, Ask the Lawyer. That's Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on AM 570 and FM 102.3, The Mission, WMCA. And Sunday mornings starting at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Most people fall prey to Satan's tricks, schemes, and deceptions, which hinders their walk with God. Pastor Ray Hagestilianos, Bible study host on More Than Conquerors weekday afternoons at 2, has written a book called Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise to understand the dangers and live in victory, to overcome every attack of the enemy and live a more blessed life. 
And you can get your own copy of his book now at PastorRayNY.com. Everyone needs encouragement by understanding God's promises. Discouragement, doubt, and compromise helps you recognize the danger signs and stand strong with practical solutions and how to take God's promises to heart and live life as more than a conqueror. Get your copy today at PastorRayNY.com. Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise from Pastor Ray Hagestilianos at PastorRayNY.com. WMCA welcomes the new program, Summit Life. These lips of mine are bold enough to cry for help. These hands of mine, weak and empty, are ready enough to be filled. This heart of mine, deceived and deceiving, is still desperate enough to yearn for paradise. Listen to Pastor J.D. Greer weekday mornings at 530. Only one God is God enough to give us that green and garden paradise. I am not, he already knows. And he says to me, I am. Summit Life with Pastor J.D. Greer on WMCA. Want more AM570 The Mission? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am570themission.com or download our AM570 The Mission app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM570 The Mission. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. Stuart Epperson, the co-founder of the Salem Media Group, has died this week at the age of 86. I've been a part of Salem since the year 2000. And Stu has been a formidable presence in this media corporation each and every step along my way and every Salem employee's way. Stuart wanted the corporation he co-founded with Ed Atzinger to make a difference, to be salt and light. He wanted all that we are doing in the conservative space to be a complement to where Salem started, in the Christian space. Stuart believed that the true hope for this nation was found in Christ alone. He'd want very much for all to know the joy he has today joy of a man made right with God as a result of Christ's work on all of our behalf. Our hearts go out to Nancy, his wife, his four children, his 21 grandchildren, his extended family. Well done, good and faithful servant, Stu. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The WMCA July Ministry of the Month is Through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee. The day of the Lord will be against everything high and lifted up. Listen Monday through Friday morning at 6, Sunday afternoon at 1245. For us to take the low and broken place, it's the low place that we get our best view of God, by the way, and His salvation. Through the Bible, the July Ministry of the Month on WMCA. AM570 The Mission doesn't have to stop when you turn off the radio. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app. Just search AM570 The Mission. Take us wherever you go. AM570 The Mission. WMCA. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. Sean, we're, we're in a strange cycle right now. Uh, the campaign's kind of officially begun. The first debate's next month. Um, what, what do you see? What do you like? Here's the, the two things that I... Um, so I, I believe there's two parts to this, as you know. There's the Republican nomination. I think this is Trump's to lose. Uh, if Trump doesn't get taken out in one of the first four states, Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, or South Carolina, it's over. Uh, and he wins. That's plain and simple. DeSantis, uh, Pence, and a couple others have gone all in in Iowa. Christie's gone all in in South Carolina, I mean, New Hampshire, and then obviously Haley and Scott are all in in South Carolina. The last cycle in 2016 that was competitive was a 29-day crunch between Iowa and Super Tuesday. It is now a 50-day crunch. Why does that matter? It's sort of like, think about running a distance and saying, um, you know, you have to run 50 yards in 10 seconds. And then you suddenly say you have to run the same 10 seconds, but now you have to go almost 100 yards. Each day that they're on the campaign trail costs money. And donors and activists aren't going to continue to go out there and give and support a candidate that doesn't look like they have path to victory. And so the bottom line is, in the primary, if Trump wins those first four early states, 
the race is over. You go into Super Tuesday on March 5th, and that's that. And that, yeah. that is the race full lock, stop, and barrel. And the funny thing is, when I've talked to some of the campaign folks um, on these various other campaigns, they don't push back um, because they, they get it. That most anyone who's been around the game understands it takes money. So I'll see a poll. Somebody sent me a poll the other day from Wisconsin and said, oh, my God, look, DeSantis catching up. And I was like, who cares? <laughs> if you can't win, I mean, if that matters, look, if, if, if DeSantis beats Trump in Iowa, we got ourselves a race. Um, I mean, no one, no one's going to beat him in New Hampshire. I don't think. But, but, but isn't but isn't Iowa at still almost twenty points right now? As we yeah, but it's a ground game. I mean, you look at what you know, Cruz, uh, Cruz uh, beat him, and Cruz beat him there, uh, and and Rick Santorum won before. The point is, is that Iowa is a very ground, you know, knocking on doors, voter to voter kind of place, and it's small, um, ninety nine counties. Um, point is is that you run a very different race. It's like a glorified student council election. Um, and so um, so my point is, that's that. Then in the general, let me just give you the, the, the sort of my quick take on that, which is in the general election, this election is going to come down to eight states. There, that's it, full stop. Yep. Um, you know, Wisconsin, um, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia. You tell me how eight states go. And I did a video on my YouTube channel, Sean. Uh, it's Sean M. Spicer, where I go through these different things, the debates, uh, the, the contests. And I walk through these electoral votes. There's 97 electoral votes among these eight states. But then more importantly, tell me how a third party does, on the, and especially with the Green Party. In 2016, Trump won Michigan by 10,700 votes. Uh, Jill Stein got over 50,000 votes in Michigan. If there was no viable Green Party candidate in 2020, uh, Cornell West says he's now running on the Green Party candidate line. If he can get a viable campaign going and takes 30, 40,000 votes, you think about how close Arizona was, how close Georgia was, how close Pennsylvania was, right? In 2020, never mind 2016. That delta is a huge spoiler. So I will just tell you that if somebody said to me, who's going to win the general election, my answer would be, tell me how many votes um, Cornell West gets in those key eight states, and I'll tell you who the winner is. If he's running a viable campaign, he then Donald Trump becomes the president again. Easy. That's an interesting observation. And I think similarly in the primary, back to that for a second, when you've got a Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, both in the race in South Carolina, I think that... <laughs> bowls the aisle clear for uh for trump to to take uh even if it's a tight win it it because those two are going to cancel a lot of each other's votes in the state well, where they're I, most well I, so known. you're absolutely right and here's the 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 x factor that i have i right now haley is leading so haley's in like third place in south carolina it's trump desantis haley um then scott but I have a feeling that one or the other won't be in South Carolina, meaning one South Carolina. Or, or Tim Scott. Yeah, that's just my hunch, because I think your your gut is right. There's just not enough room, enough oxygen in the, to get both of them there. Yeah. And I think that what's going to happen is if they're stalling out after Iowa, like if they get a fifth and a fifth or something, right? So fifth place in Iowa, fifth place in New Hampshire. The question you have to ask yourself is, as as like a, in Tim Scott's case, as a sitting senator, do you want to get fourth or fifth place in your home state? There you go. Sean Spicer, former press secretary for Donald J. Trump. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Over the last few decades, God's people have come to associate the rainbow with the LGBTQ community. But are we more conformed to the world than God's word? Revelation 4 tells us, and there was a rainbow around God's throne. This July 28th through the 30th, join Rabbi Schneider as he leads a movement across the globe to take the rainbow back. Visit takingtherainbowback.com. 
Hi, Kevin McCullough. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million pillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow family want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on MyPillows. Queen-size MyPillows, regularly priced at $69.98, are now only $19.98, and just $10 more, you get the king size. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to get Mike Lindell's amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for only $19.98, or Call 800-651-0798 and use promo code WMCA. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you'll also receive deep discounts on all other MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Take advantage of the biggest sale in MyPillow's history. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798 and use promo code WMCA to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his MyPillow. Join us for the World Missionary Evangelism Broadcast from Dallas, Texas. For over 60 years, World Missionary Evangelism has reached out to impoverished and suffering children and people across the globe, meeting their physical needs and sharing the gospel on a daily basis. The World Missionary Evangelism Broadcast, each Monday through Friday on this station. Listen weeknights at 8.30 on WMCA. Listen to the Mission WMCA anywhere you go with the AM570, the Mission mobile app. Download on Google Play, iTunes, or listen to TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Kevin Cottrell talking with Dan Buttafuoco of Buttafuoco and Associates. And over the many years that your practice has been around, you've been responsible for changing several laws. Well, we single-handedly got the law changed on transplanted kidneys since we had a very famous case in which they put a woman's kidney into a man, and he died of ovarian cancer. And so now, uh, basically, every organ has to be screened for metastatic cancer. That was something that we succeeded in doing. And more recently, we just had the law change. Courtney Anderson case is now being cited everywhere, which you no longer have to prove a reckless standard when suing an ambulance or any emergency vehicle. We got the standard reduced to negligence, which is much fairer for the client who's injured. Call Butterfuco and Associates and have them evaluate your case for the best possible results and the maximum benefit. Call 800-NOW-HURT, 800-669-4878. Butterfuco and Associates. 800-669-4878. That's 800-NOW-HURT. Listen to Global Spiritual Revolution Radio with Bishop Larry Gators. Bishop Gators is 100% pro-Christ, pro-life, pro-Constitution, pro-U.S., and pro-President Donald Trump. Tune in Monday nights at 9.30 on AM 570 WMCA. Don't miss it. Listen to More Like Jesus with Pastor Dave Gustafson. 2 Timothy 3 again. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Tune in Monday through Friday evenings at 6.30. The benefit of studying scripture is as we develop this habit and it starts to reshape our brains, it prepares us for anything that God might want us to do in life. More Like Jesus on WMCA. Are you encouraged by the message of WMCA? Then follow us on Instagram for more inspiration. Just search AM570 The Mission and start following us. Before you know it, our scripture verses and inspirational quotes will become a source of refuge as you scroll. AM570 The Mission. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, good to have you with us and uh, thankful to be able to talk about some of the big stories of the day. My next guest uh, has penned the book, The Fall of the FBI, How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. Thomas Baker is his name. And uh, Tom, if I may call you that. Uh, the yes. FBI has had a little bit of a bad season, I would say. Uh, and I would say that uh, this is going back into the uh, James Comey and even prior to that uh, time. But as someone who has written about it and has watched it up, you know, up close, what, what are your thoughts about the condition of this once great law enforcement agency? Uh, Kevin, uh, you're right. It goes back a bit. And it's basically a change in culture. All of these problems are connected. They're not individual bad apples or individual missteps. Uh, quite frankly, it goes back to Bob Mueller, uh, Bob Mueller of special prosecutor fame. He became the director of the FBI just two or three days before the September 11th attacks, which were on a Tuesday. 
On the Saturday morning after that attack, he was summoned to Camp David to meet with President George W. Bush. At that time, he had been the director a little more than a week. And in the three and a half days between this Tuesday attack and that Saturday morning meeting with President George W. Bush, the FBI had done what it does best, investigate. And they had identified all 19 hijackers. They identified their financing, their travels, their connections, <clears throat> their connections back to al-Qaeda. And after Mueller presented that report to George W. Bush, he was expecting praise and thanks. And instead, George W. Bush just looked at him and said, I don't care about that. I just want to know how you're going to prevent the next one. Mueller told us that after that, he set about to change the culture of the FBI. And that's the word he used. He changed the culture from that of a law enforcement agency to an intelligence agency. And that had a lot of unintended and a lot of bad consequences. Hmm. Um, so how has that morphed into what we are dealing with now, where I think the vast majority of the American people, while they may have appreciation for the uh, agents in the field, believe that the bureau bureaucratic end of the organization is kind of anti-American in its efforts? Well, that's a reflection of this intelligence mindset. Uh, here's the key thing. In a law enforcement agency, and that had been the culture in the FBI, in any law enforcement agency, you live and exist every day, forms your mindset for the day you're going to have to stand up before a judge or before a jury, raise your right hand and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God to a set of facts. That's quite different than an intelligence mindset where they deal in deceit and deception, their product is an estimate or a best guess. Guesses aren't allowed in the courtroom. So let's fast forward then to the Trump era. Obviously, they were weaponized in some capacity, uh, favoring Hillary Clinton uh, with certain things in the campaign. Uh, obviously, uh, some of the agents uh, participating in the um, FISA court um nonsense going and telling a court that they needed extended and extended and extended permission to surveil people uh, and and ultimately becoming a politicized agent in what's supposed to be a non-political uh, arena you're you're exactly right kevin that's exactly what happened uh, and and Mullis, one of the ways Mueller made it an intelligence agency was to centralize decision-making in FBI headquarters. In that first case, the investigation of seven, uh, the, seven, the September 11th attacks, which the FBI codenamed Pentbomb, Mueller had that run out of headquarters in spite of all the advice and objections by senior FBI management. That was exacerbated later by the, the terrible leadership of James Comey, and he ran the Hillary Clinton email investigation and then the Russian collusion investigation, the investigation of Trump and his campaign out of FBI headquarters. What that did, it left the decision making in, a ha in the hands of some people at FBI headquarters who thought they were very politically sophisticated, and it eliminated the traditional layers of review. Traditionally, you had a, a field agent ran a case. He was he had a field supervisor looking over his shoulder. Then you had the agent in charge of that field office. Uh, and only then, ultimately, there was further review from FBI headquarters. And in, in these investigations, all of those levels of independent review, independent judgment was were eliminated. So you had the 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 the, the, the situation where a character like Peter Strzok in FBI headquarters, a deputy assistant director, is making decisions in a case and then literally going out the next day and conducting the investigation. Uh, there was no independent judgment, no supervision, no levels of re review. It was bound to end badly. So Christopher Wray uh, was again before uh, congressional committees last week, and evidently his testimony was so problematic that the leaders of that committee are now going to officially ask him to uh, correct his statement uh, in writing to them. Um, is that 
ever been done before? This seems pretty unprecedented. Uh, I don't know if it's ever been done before, but it, it it's very appropriate. Uh, his testimony um, was a missed opportunity. It was a missed opportunity on his part. He could have stepped forward and said, we've had a lot of problems. I'm going to change the culture of the FBI. I'm going to restore the FBI. And he could have been forthright. Instead, he was very defensive. And I think why they're asking him back or asking for clarification, he said a couple of things that were just plain wrong. He denied that the FBI was in any way threatening free speech by the censorship that was going on in collaboration with Twitter and others. Which he, has been he, proven he declined, otherwise. Yeah, he declined to give an answer. And it was actually a Democrat who asked him this about the um, the purchase of data, of bulk data on American citizens without any probable cause. And he really uh, equivocated and he told her, well, that's very complicated. I can't really uh, uh, address that. Uh, he, he And she was not happy with that answer. Yeah. Uh, in fact, she told him that the director of national intelligence had confirmed that the FBI was doing just that. So uh, his testimony was problematical. It could have been much more forthcoming than it was. Well, um, Tom Baker, thank you for being with us today. The book is called The Fall of the FBI, How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. And Tom, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Kevin, for everything you do. Appreciate that. Kevin McCullough coming right back. It's Dr. Lederman speaking with 007 about prostate cancer. You're 007. The real 007. I was diagnosed in 2005 with prostate cancer. I requested a biopsy. Why? Going up, I got a biopsy that I had cancer in my prostate. And then the doctor told you, hey, you got to have... Surgery. Did your doctor tell you about Dr. Lederman and radiosurgery? It's his bread and butter to operate. Not only do they leave the cancer behind, which is the most important thing, but you're incontinent and your sex life is kaput. I knew about your uh, treatment, which was very easy to do. Fifteen years later, your PSA is zero. My uh, urinary life is okay. uh, My sex life is very good. For more cancer information, call Dr. Lederman. Two and two choices. Two and two choices. Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted. 1384 Broadway. Call Dr. Lederman. Two and two choices. Two and two choices. Yeah, it's not just you. A lot of people are wondering why so many big corporations are actively promoting ideas and values that their own customers don't support. And honestly, this is another reason MediShare is so attractive to people who don't want to use their own healthcare dollars to pay for things they don't believe in. MediShare is the refreshing alternative. They're a nonprofit ministry. It's a community of like-minded Christians helping each other live healthy lifestyles. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they save a lot, too. Most families save around $500 a month. And member satisfaction surveys consistently show they like it much more than health insurance. So for you, maybe it's time. Find out how you can not only save, but freely choose to be part of something you believe in. Here's the number you can call now, 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE, 844-45-BIBLE. Want more of AM570 The Mission and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for encouraging tweets, what's coming up on the radio, news from our ministries, deals from our advertisers, and more. Our handle is at AM570 The Mission. Come tweet with us. What you need to know when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Glad you're here. And I wanted to take a minute at the um, end of today's show uh, to pay respects to the passing of Stu Epperson Sr. Uh, Stuart Epperson uh, and um, his uh, brother-in-law, Ed Atzinger, the longtime founders and creators of Salem Media uh, and really pioneers in terms of how they thought about using media to advance messages that were family friendly, that were friendly to people that take their faith seriously, and that are friendly towards uh, public policy people that are trying to fight for those freedoms to be preserved. 
Um, and I've, I've always had um, somewhat of a distant relationship with Mr. Epperson. Uh, he was the uh, president and chairman of the board of a, of a big company and lived in a different part of the country than I did. But I did have a few chances to have some up close time with him. And I just wanted to give you some of my thoughts on that as uh, the announcement went out yesterday that he had died due to complications from an accident uh, riding his bicycle in combination with some leukemia that he had been battling in recent uh, years. Um, in fact, one of the first people I reached out to when I heard that Stu Sr., as we called him around the company, had passed away was his son, Stu Jr., and I texted him immediately. I remember having a private conversation with Stu Sr. Uh, that went into, it, it rambled, it went in a lot of different places. He was very passionate about working with young men, particularly in the inner city, and had in later years decided to spend a, a great focus of his life doing this, mentoring um, young men that that needed mentors. He was very burdened by the idea that the country had become a very unsafe place for fatherless boys and that as we continued to raise generations of them we were only going to repeat the mistakes that were being made over and over again and so in a time of life when a lot of other people were pulling out the golf clubs and going on long vacations especially if they were super successful as Stuart was um, he decided to do very, very different things. He got involved in uh, on a local level uh, with the opportunity to mentor young people, and then he became a passionate advocate for that across the country. And as I told Stu Jr., his son, um, just just last night, I texted him and I said, I want you to know that um, I'm, I'm praying for you, and I know that you probably know this, but you're a great testimony to your dad's uh, belief in God. His son, Stu Jr., runs a, a, a radio network of his own. He's also a stockholder for the Salem Communications uh, Company um, and is someone who is effervescently in love with the Lord. Any, anywhere he goes, he, he can't wait to share a, a good news, a positive word uh, about what Jesus can do in their life. And I think that's a real testimony to a father who built into him uh, the, the love for God and now whose uh, legacy is being passed on through his kids into a, yet another generation. Um, but uh, the, the world is a lesser place because Stuart Epperson is no longer with us. Uh, he helped guide and build Salem to become the number one family and faith-friendly network in the world. And I think he will be only more proud of where the company goes as it continues to grow into the world of the digital, the streaming, the online, and um, the other uh, projects that we have for us. But in the meantime, uh, we, we do miss him, and we do send our thoughts and love and prayers to the uh, Epperson family at this time, as we have lost a giant, not only in our industry, but in the, uh, in the church world as well. Kevin McCullough saying so long. Have a great one.